Now we come to our message this morning, the sermon is entitled, Noah Obeyed God. Now we've read the main pericope, or passage, from Genesis 6. And there will be other passages in the following chapters, 7 and 8, that I will read along the way. We were born and we live in a fallen world. As we read in Genesis 6, how God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination, imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And mind you, when you're not a Christian, that's all that is in you. And that is all that comes out of you, in the sense that it is not to the glory of God. And thus, even the plowing of the wicked, if you're not a Christian and you're a farmer, your very legitimate job or work, in God's eyes, is sin. That's how bad the world was. That's how bad the world still is. And then the Lord, on the basis of that, said how a grieved him at his heart what was in man's heart. And he determined to destroy mankind. And there will be a day in which the Lord Jesus will return and judge the world in righteousness. It will be judged in righteousness by that man whom God has ordained. And it will be evidenced, that is, that that is a fact, a historical fact in the future, as Historical fact is the resurrection of our Lord from the dead. It was true that it is true that we are in a fallen world, even as it was for Noah. And this fact doesn't change anything as far as our service to him is concerned. The fact that there's a pandemic should not change one iota that we serve God. We can't make excuses for ourselves because the God who has saved us is the God who will provide for us and care for us to that end that we will bring all praise and honor and glory to his name. In Ecclesiastes 12 it says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing whether it be good or whether it be evil. So, did Noah obey God under the circumstances of God's providence of his day? Did Noah obey God? For example, when God told Noah to make an ark. Verse 13 of Genesis 6. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, meaning through mankind, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. I don't know what gopher wood is. I've, I've never worked, I've worked with some wood, but I've never yet encountered that. And you have. But apparently it was a good wood for the flood. 
Otherwise, God would not have recommended it. And so, when God told Noah to make an ark, what was his response? According to verse 22, thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. There's an artist's rendering of that experience. Uh, a lengthy one, I might add. I mean, given that they did everything by hand, including the making of the planks, you can imagine how long that took. They build the ark. And you know why that is? That is, why it is that, that Noah, of all people, built the ark? Verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah, in other words, was a child of God. Like the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, and not of works, lest any man should boast. So we are not saved by how good we are or the good works that we do, because they're not good enough. They are done by the hands of a sinner, by the heart of a sinner, and thus are unacceptable on their own merit before a holy God. So while we are not, but and yet, while we are not saved by our good works, yet we are saved to do good works. We are saved unto good works because that verse goes on that follows it to say, for we are his workmanship, meaning God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. That's why we were saved. So while we are not saved by our good works, because they are not perfect, they're not justified by a holy God on the basis of good works, we are nonetheless saved to do good works. And the Bible says, for example, in Colossians 2, 6 and 7, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. It says in our passage in verse 9 of Genesis 6, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. When God called Noah to build an ark, build an ark he did. He didn't hem and haw. You know what that means when you hem and haw? Like, ah, you know, like you children sometimes. And I have to say this because I'm a parent, right? Uh, do I have to do that? Do I have to brush my teeth before I go to bed? <laughs> and that's minimum. Noah didn't hem and haw as a child of God, like some of us would ask by the Lord to serve him. And you know, even though this was a long-term project, 
And some of you probably have an idea how long it might be. Mm, give or take 100, right? Let me read you something about that. Just so that you have a, a background. Okay, This is from Scripture on Creation. You can look it up online. How long does the Bible say it took Noah 100 years to build an ark? Answer it. It is not uncommon to hear a statement like Noah built the ark for 100 years. However, there's no mention in the Bible of a 100-year time span during which Noah did anything. One reference in the New Testament, 1 Peter 3.20, refers to the time during which Noah was building the ark. But does that give a specific time frame? It says, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, meaning it was under construction, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water, unquote. A time span actually stated in the Bible, which is often connected to Noah, and his building the ark is 120 years, mentioned in Genesis 6.3, and that's in our passage. I won't read the whole of it, but it says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Now, a common reference is made concerning those 120 years that God intended to judge the world by causing the flood in 120 years. Now, some may think that's the lifespan of human beings after that time. A common, I'm sorry, the reason that followed that Noah had those 120 years to construct the ark, thus the source of the remark, Noah built the ark for 100 years. However, is that really the intent of God's statement in Genesis 6-3? Let's consider the circumstances of Noah's life when God speaks to Noah about building the ark. This is God speaking. The end of all flesh has come before me. Make for yourselves an ark. Everything that is on the earth shall perish. And then verse 18. But with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. This appears to be when God first tells Noah to build the ark. And notice, at that point in Noah's life, he has not only had his three sons, they were married. There are two other chronological details of Noah's life which then allow us to narrow the time frame during which God must have commanded Noah to build the ark. This is from Genesis 7-6. Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came upon the earth. And Genesis 5-32. And Noah was 500 years old. And Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. These two figures indicate that Noah's sons were approximately 100 years old when the flood came upon the earth. This is verified with respect to Ham in Genesis 11.10, which states that he was 98 years old when the flood came. Since it appears that God first spoke to Noah about building the ark when his sons were not only born, but married, it had to have been significantly less than 100 years, perhaps only 60 to 70 years, 70 years, from the time God commanded Noah to build the ark to the time God caused the flood. Unquote. Notice 
there are two men here, and they're not doing a stitch of work, but they look like they're laughing. And then one is doing this. I think those are what, what are called scoffers. Ever met a scoffer? Peter talks about scoffers. He says, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Meaning his return, our Lord Jesus. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. That's the attitude of a scoffer. One who does not believe in God or at least the God of the Bible. God judged the world? Ha! Nothing like that since the start of the world. Why should I believe that that will ever come? Am I right? But note, all of us, we would this time turn to 2 Peter 2, 5, the following. This is in reference to the judgment of the world. And spared not the old world, referring to the flood of Noah's day, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. You notice tucked in there something that's not mentioned in Genesis. And what's that? That Noah was a preacher. He was a preacher man. Preacher of what? The righteousness of God. It's easy to miss that if you're not looking for it. And so Noah is testifying by his works, i.e. his building the ark, and his words. And especially when they're right there mocking you. Now that's not the main reason but hopefully the main reason, the motivation is the same one that others had for us when they gave us the gospel and that is that they loved our souls and they desired that we would be saved. A thought occurred to me. What if any came to the faith? Like what if these two gentlemen here became believers? Maybe they came there every day to, 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 you know, ridicule them. But then one day after he had put down that plank and preached and called them to come to Christ, to the coming Messiah, they became saved. Would, would there be any room in the ark for them? Would there be any room uh, in the ark if they were told to flee the wrath to come? And they did. And they, and, they, and they were saved. With it, with, and especially if it was like toward the end of the, the time that one would have allotted to be able to do such an undertaking as building an ark, would Noah take them in? And I would venture to say he would have said something like, why, sure. Why do you think it's so big? Did Noah obey God? Secondly, when God told Noah to enter into the ark, in verse 1 of chapter 7, 
Exodus 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. What does it say in verse 5 of Genesis 7, verse 5? And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. And it goes on to say, And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Those are good reasons to go into the, flood, into the ark, are they not? But especially because the Lord said for him to do that, you see. That was faith. And the world would not go into that ark by faith. Now, they would be pressing to get into the ark after the fact of the start of the flood, when they knew that Noah was right after all. But as it says in the Bible, and the Lord shut them in, meaning that the big door is no longer accessible. They entered into the ark. Prior to that, Noah, like everyone else, enjoyed this present life. But when it came time to go, you got to go. And go he did. In Matthew 24, 37 through 39, you read a little commentary on this. In Matthew 24. Beginning at 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Genesis seven sixteen. Genesis seven sixteen. And they that went in went in male and female of all flesh as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The Lord was the only one strong enough to close that ark door. It was so heavy. They had no means like any uh, lift that you have in the back of your truck, if you have a truck and you, and you have a business and you have that lift. They didn't have that. It's the Lord that shut him in. It says in Ezekiel 14.20, though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, were in the kingdom of God. As I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter. They shall be delivered. They shall, I'm sorry, they shall but deliver their own soul by their righteousness. That is their obedience to God. And so Noah had that testimony 
that he walked with God. Lastly, did Noah obey God when God told Noah to leave the ark? So for this, we need to turn to Genesis chapter 8, beginning at 15 through to verse 19. Genesis 8, 15 through 19. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, both of fowl and cattle and of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. So, did they respond in obedience to God? Yes. It says that God, that Noah was moved by, by fear, but not just by fear, but also by faith. In that verse in Hebrews eleven seven, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. In other words, he was a believer in imputed righteousness, in the righteousness of another, even of the Son of God, who is yet to come. He believed in the coming Savior, Jesus Christ. But put yourself in his shoes for a moment. He had to be moved by fear as he contemplated. Now, exiting that ark into a brave new world, bereft of all of the things that he and his family were accustomed to having. Can you imagine going into the wilderness of the Midwest or Canada, even Canada especially, and just starting from scratch there with nothing at your disposal except these two hands. Like Adam and Eve, not in the garden, however, where they had everything for their easy picking, but outside of the garden. But Noah continued to be moved by faith as well, as he and his family ventured forward into the world. And why? Because he was not alone. And knew that, as it says in verse 8 of Genesis 8. And God remembered Noah. God remembered Noah, and he remembered all that was with him, his family, and all those animals, and he would take care of them all. After he caused the wind to blow upon the earth and the floods to assuage. Of course, God would remember Noah, as we noted earlier. Wasn't he the man who found grace in the eyes of the Lord? Wasn't Noah a just man 
perfect in his generations, didn't know a walk with God. Wasn't God in the ark with Noah and his family? Not only that, having seen them through a torrential six months on a rough sea in which they didn't know what the outcome of that experience would be. It's like being out at sea and not seeing a coastline. And yet God promises to take care of them. It says in the Bible, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And so like with Noah, God is with you and with me and promises never to leave us nor forsake us. You remember the disciples that were in that storm in the Sea of Galilee with Christ in them? asleep in the boat. Nothing happened to them. And why? Because he was there, though he was asleep. They woke him out of fear for their lives. But what if they didn't wake him? Still nothing would have happened. Because why? The Lord of heaven is with them. Though their faith was little, as he let it be known to them afterwards. There's one thing Noah did that seemed uh, that God did not command, and that's noted in verse 20 of Genesis 8. where he builds the ark, I'm sorry, builds the altar. Ah, yes, it is 820. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast, and a very clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And so this is one thing that uh, God seemingly did not command that Noah saw fit to do, and that's to build an altar to the Lord. But it is clear that God ordered that sacrifice be made afterwards. And how do we know that? If you look at Genesis chapter 7, verse 2, where it reads, Of every clean beast, clean meaning those animals that can be consumed by God's people in the Old Covenant or Old Testament. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to be by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. And so there was a preponderance of clean beasts or clean fowl birds. And why? Because those would be the ones that would be used by Noah to offer sacrifice to God. That's why. Animal sacrifices early on before it was established in covenant Israel would be by God's command a sacrifice that would need to be made to picture the 
cunning by Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, said John the baptizer. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so, we have established that in fact, Noah obeyed God. He had his ups and downs. He had his glitches, no doubt. He was a sinner, saved by grace like you and I, who are imperfect, to say the least. Imperfect replicas of Christ, for sure. But nevertheless, the tenor of his heart, the spirit of his life, was one of submission to the will of God. Is that yours and is that mine? Noah obeyed God. Will you? Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, how we thank you for the testimony of Noah, Noah who by faith built this ark to the glory of God that would save himself and his family from the wrath and the judgment of God that came upon the earth by this worldwide flood. Lord, this happened. Yes, it takes faith to believe this and not to count this a fairy tale, a myth made up by religious people. It is true, even as, Lord, the judgment that is yet to come by fire, which will consume the universe, will come in your good time. O oh Lord, may we be, as Noah was in his day, like him in our day. May we obey God, for this is the whole duty of man. And Lord, after we have done that which is our duty, we count ourselves as unprofitable servants. For we ask and pray this in the name of your Son, who was the one who came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. Even Jesus Christ, our Lord.